Did you get Watch Dogs? I got it today, but I haven't had time to play it. Unfortunately. Hmm. We're going to be talking a lot about it. So you could just pretend like you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, sure. I'll just nod and yeah. say, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll, I'll see that and I'll know. You understand. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. So what did Perfect. you think of it? Oh, it's, so basically, it's like a copy-paste version of Assassin's Creed. I think it's 2. It's yeah. like in between like 2 and 3 when they were originally like, oh, we're only going to make three Assassin's Creed games and then that's going to tell our whole story and we'll be done before they realized it was a cash cow that they could milk the shit out of until yeah. like they just did it yearly and it got shittier and shittier and shittier and shittier and shittier until finally they were like, all right, we need to remake it and we'll do it as this shitty RPG adventure thing that it is now. But like, I can't remember if it's Assassin's Creed two or like brotherhood or whatever the fuck the other one is. But it's basically a copy-paste version of that game, just with up-to-date tech. Okay. Yeah, like, I know. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> like, all the strongholds and shit in, like, each territory from uh, Assassin's Creed. You know how, like, you have to go run around and do, like, random monotonous tasks to kind of, like, win over the public opinion? Oh, yeah, and I then know. once you build it up enough... You can go to like the main stronghold and fight like a mini boss, and then you had to climb up to like the the vantage point, and you do the eagle dive, and then like you claim that area for the assassins. You know, remember that? Oh yeah, definitely. I remember okay, so that in Watch Dogs too. Yeah, so in, in this game, <laughs> like I don't know what you call them in England. Are they providences or like territories, states? Like, what do they call their sections? Uh, Okay. Uh, Burroughs, Shires, or something. Let's say Shires. Shires would be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to assume it's Providences. Okay. Canada, Canada does everything else right. I assume they're right about this. Okay, probably. Uh, I mean, so like, each one of them has uh three different tasks, where it's like, hey, go to this really tall billboard. And digitally change the image on it so that it says "Dead Sec is cool." Fuck Albion or something yeah. fucking stupid like that. Yeah, and you have cool to go stuff. do that, or you have to break into an Albion. Uh, I don't know, like research facility, and take like an incriminating photo of like this shitty, like, hey, we're actually secretly evil and trying to control the world, like information that they just periodically leave sitting up on a giant computer screen that you can photograph for some reason. Yeah, or else you have to like sabotage something or like assassinate a leader or something stupid but you have to go do all these little tasks and then each time you do all three of them you meet like a, a secret informant and they give you a bigger task and that's like the little mini boss game of the map where you do that and then you unlock that region or territory or providence or state i think there are six of them in total that could be incorrect but i don't know maybe and like each one has a different like type of uh uh recruit that you'll get and they'll unlock mm -hmm. like you can hire these people that have this profession now so like the very first one i saw was hitman there there's i don't know if this is accurate but apparently okay. in kennington uh england that's like where hitmen are 
prevalent or I, I don't know if that's like that in real life or it's just the video game. So I immediately went and like did the little tasks there and like got the hitmen and holy shit. Like that's the only guy I've been playing as since I unlocked him, except for the one story mission where I had to start switch to a construction worker employee. What? But man, they are fucking fun. Like they have this, there's a each different character type that you unlock there is a little trophy for each one just for like doing their little specialty move so many times yeah and with the hitman they have this secret uh like stealth takedown where you sneak up behind someone with piano wire and just strangle them to death or yeah, sweet or you'll start strangling them with piano wire mind you and then you'll somehow flip them over your back without their like head severing off their shoulders. And as they're like in midair, you pull out a handgun and as they land on the ground, you fucking pop them right between the eyes. It is the most brutal, amazing fucking thing I've ever seen. It is the favorite kill sequence I've ever seen in a game. Why would, why would you play as someone who's not the hitman then? That's that's why I'm only being him now, yeah. because of how fucking awesome that looks. Right, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and, like, so each recruit has, like, some of them have up to four little, like, specialty, like, traits about them. Some of them only have one. Like, the very first guy I recruited was this 72-year-old butcher. And I recruited him because his little stats are, uh, he's a mean drunk, so he, he gets, like, a melee upgrade. Uh, cool. He drinks so much that he's he uh, hiccups everywhere. So I guess he's terrible at stealth missions. Like he'll immediately like give away your location. Oh. Um, he's he's seventy two. So the other one is he's got he doesn't get a sprint boost. Like you can't run with him. He's slow. Oh. And the third one is it's basically he's a professional drinker. So I immediately recruited him because he's an alcoholic. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you recruit the pedophile yet? I haven't found that one. I did find two sex workers. <laughs> One is a male, All one right. is a female. I'm working on recruiting the female. But that, I don't know, she hates dead sex still, so I, I still have to do a lot to like win her over. So oh, it's, man. it's more work than it's worth, really, I think. Probably. For the simple joke of having a hooker on my team, I don't think it's really going to be worth doing this much effort. Just go for the male hooker. Yeah, I'm going to try for him next. Yeah, may as well. I have a doctor on my team, so I can like blend in at like any hospital missions which i haven't found any of yet all right but if i do i can disguise myself and just walk around him i guess it's cool <laughs> i have a uh there is one mission where you have to have a construction worker I, I recruited mine a little bit before i got to that mission so i don't know if like when you get to it you just automatically are gifted a construction worker on your team or if you actually like go out and recruit them first but the construction workers have the cargo drones which I think I was texting you and telling you about how much fun it is to just yeah. drive around on those, and that's how I get around all, everywhere in the game. So now. you're just you're just recruiting the village people, basically. And then, it's awesome. Like, so you're yeah, just trying I, to do YMCA. That's I'm a Wayne Campbell do. away from uh, a perfect YMCA <laughs> cover. Shit. Yeah. Where's the Where's the Indian? Did you find the Indian yet? <laughs> I, I found different kind of Indians, but yes. Oh, okay. I do yeah, have some Indians England. on my team. They count, I guess. Uh yeah, I guess so. They are Indians. Yeah, I've got to get into it. It's a, it came today and it's like, fuck, I don't know when I'm going to have time to play this. I still haven't finished Final Fantasy. I played it a little bit before we started recording and it's just like uh, you know, it's dragging, but uh, I'm almost done with it. Give up on that. Go to Watch Dogs. So like 
Another thing they copy pasted from the Assassin's Creed game is there's all throughout the map, there's maybe like four or five little like mini games that you can do if you choose to. Yeah. Um, one of them, there's a trophy for doing each one too. One of them is like you go to any park and you'll find a football sitting there. And there's a little like quick action button smash in uh, mini game where you just juggle football and uh, okay, go from beginner up to like amateur or whatever the second phase is, and then you get a trophy for doing it. That one was fun and super quick. And every time you do it, even after you've uh, mastered it, you'll still get like ETO, which is like the in-game currency for doing them. So those are fun little ways to just quickly get a bunch of cash. There's there's another one related to. Every bar that you're able to go into, you have to take a drink at. Oh, cool. Which, which on the mini map, they're just labeled as get pissed. Sweet. Which is fucking amazing and made me laugh. I love that part so fucking much. It's very authentic. Yeah. And you have like this little AI thing that talks to you, like as you're sitting there, like just getting smashed, like asking you if it's a good idea in the middle of like a battle to get yes. shit faced. Yes, it is. Like, yeah, fuck off. It's cool. Awesome. And then there's a, another mini game in each bar just for playing darts. And then the one that's like basically the same from Assassin's Creed 2 is there's bare knuckle boxing rings all over. And you have to go to like the five different ones and you there are a series of four fights each each round or each uh each stop. And every time after you finish it, you do get to pick one of the fighters that you can recruit. Hey, they all have awesome melee damage abilities, or at least the one I picked does. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something from one of the Assassin's Creed games I remember, like really early on, doing like bare knuckle boxing. Oh yeah, but man, it's fun. Like there's a this one lady who I, I think after I finished like the first storyline mission, like she was automatically added to my team, and she has all these special like drone hacks added as her abilities. Anytime you go to like an enemy like stronghold area, a lot of times they'll have uh, turrets set up, and they'll also have these—I forget what they're called—like military drones, and you can hack them and be- make them betray the Aldeon soldiers. So the drone will just start firing and sniping all the uh, soldiers who are like standing up on the high ground of like the rooftops of their like strongholds. It's the easiest and most fun fucking way to like take over their strongholds ever. I get a kick out of sure. it so much. Yeah, I think you could do drone hacking in uh, Watch Dogs 2 as well, couldn't you? Did you play that one? Yeah, I have that one. There's there's different levels of it. Like in this one, you can upgrade. There's four different types of drones okay. that you can use and hack and mess with. Nice. I don't think it got that in depth in number two. Oh. Yeah, I'll definitely need to check it out. Or, um, yeah, I agree with you. That's all. All that stuff is awesome that I experienced. Totally. So, like the Assassins region or the Hitman region, there's one up north in northwestern England where it's a uh, football hooligans, which is the next one I'm kind of working my way on. Yeah. Just because I pictured them all being like the same like piss ass drug, like melee monsters. Because I don't know, like, that's what British football fans are known for, starting riots and shit. And yeah. that sounds awesome. That is awesome. There's another region up north, like, right next to where the football hooligan one is, where I don't know if it's known for, like, beekeeping, but for whatever reason, 
the special ability from the people that you unlock from there is uh i i haven't unlocked it yet so i don't know exactly what it is but it sounds like maybe it's like a beehive flash grenade that you throw at the bad guys and like it stings them and distracts them which that sounds fun yeah that's awesome it's a lot of fun it's like i i'm only on like maybe the third or fourth mission from the main storyline because i've just spent all my time dicking around running around just recruiting all these random people and just doing like all the different uh region i don't know fan swaying or whatever the fuck you call it yeah uh wooing i guess yeah yeah game is awesome i agree yeah all right well anyway ready to hack a train on the tracks there are trains in it too can you hack the trains i haven't yet i've just seen them as i'm flying over them on my drone damn it i hope you can hack the trains that london subway is the fast travel so like everywhere where there's a uh subway station you just click on it and you can fast travel to that part of the map that's Sweet. cool that's like an underground train yeah speaking of trains i'm looking for the whistle fuck i'm waiting for it yeah there it is all right Welcome everyone to Giraffes Have Black Tongues Comics. I'm your host Dave. And I'm Donnie. This week we're talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, slash, was it Slash or Versus? No, no not so Versus, Slash. On the website, it wrote it very awkwardly. It wrote yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, semicolon, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that's kind of weird. But yeah, so crossover between those two. And we're... T- talking about Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, and the first episode of Daybreak on Netflix. All right, what should we talk about first? Was there any hacking in any of these? I don't think there was. Oh, yeah. Shredder hacked the Morphin Grid, or whatever the fuck it's called, in Power Rangers, so I think think that works. So let's get into that. All right, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Colon TMNT. This was not nearly as big a cowabba a bummer as I was expecting it to be. After no, it really wasn't. Yeah, I was I was kind of into it. I thought it was cool. Dude, Shredder, he turns into a to the green Power Ranger. Fuck yeah. The turtles also turned into Power Rangers. That's fucking cool. Really early on, like Tommy is uh or no, Kim's talking to that blue faced ooze guy. Yeah. He's like, Tommy's been on this like family mission for a couple weeks now. And this is like the end of volume one. And they say that it's a family mission. And then like you show him like as in a foot soldier costume, like, holy shit, is he the bastard son of the shredder? That would be fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty great. No, he just like he joins the foot clan to help his friend Tyler. I don't, I don't remember this Tyler character ever being a thing. You know, you gotta you gotta help Tyler, I guess. Well, that's because he hasn't been around since uh, he was yeah. a seven year old, and Tommy got adopted from the orphanage. So he was like in the prequel stuff, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like. I, I think they that they merged those two worlds together pretty well. Actually, it was it was a good crossover. 
Got a little bit of everything. The art style of the turtles was a little weird, though. It kind of looked like Hellboy. I, I didn't like that. I want him to look like the turtles from the cartoon that I like. Their face masks were so fucking bad. Like, yeah, the face masks so weren't, like, weren't good. Leonardo's, for whatever reason, his goes all the way up three-fourths of his head. Raphael's is normal. It just has, like, giant, like, raccoon-looking eyes for some yeah. reason. Same with Mike's. And then I never really saw Donatello's up close, but I think his was also a headband kind of one. I think it kind of went up behind his head in two places for some reason. Like the straps. I, it, yeah, it was weird. I didn't like the headbands. Just make them regular headbands. That's not that hard. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that in this book, the turtles know all about the Power Rangers. So I guess these two things just exist together. That was the very first note I had was, why do the Ninja Turtles know of the Power Rangers? But then, yeah, they kind of like explained it in a way where it's like, oh, yeah, these worlds go on at the same time and they all know about each other, I guess. Yeah. Well, no one knows about the turtles because they hide underground. So, so yeah, and like I said, Shredder, he somehow develops some nonsense to like steal the power of the Power Rangers power rings or whatever the fuck they are. Coins. They're quarters. They're yeah. Dinosaur tokens from like an arcade right. game. I had those when I was a kid too. I should have, should have known. So, like, this is, like, the original Power Rangers team. Yeah. But did they have dinosaurs or coins? Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, they had coins. You, you like, put the coin in the thing. It, it worked just like it did in this comic. So you, you put, the, put coin the coin in, inside like, the, the belt buckle yeah. to turn into your... Yeah, and then you, like, click animal? the belt buckle, and then, then you shout the animal that it is, and then you turn into the Power Ranger. Oh. Very simple. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God they didn't misplace their coins. Yeah. Or Shredder will get it and just turn into a really cool Shredder Power Ranger. Now it'll be lost inside of like someone's couch cushion. Oh and yeah, you gotta watch out for that. Ranger short. Yeah. Oh, there there was a monster that the Power Rangers were fighting in the very beginning. That you know, just a very minor character just do, doing their usual Power Ranger stuff. But it was called Apocalyptopus, and I think that's a pretty good name. Yeah. He was a mollusk. Yeah. It's also a uh, squid character in that uh, Snagglepuss book, too. A lot of squids. And anthropomorphic things. Indeed. Yeah. It's all Bojack Horseman and furries. <laughs> all right, so Shredder somehow makes the power rangers lose their power so they can't transform but i thought it was weird that the turtles could still use their their shit to become power rangers themselves it's like well i thought he fucked over the coins but i guess not just fucked over the people the wielder of the coins so like way before that when they first like find tommy working for the foot clan and uh the power rangers show up to like help him fight the turtles and he's kind of like talking on the rooftop to the Kimberly girl before he runs away. Yeah. And magically, like their helmets just disappear and vaporize into thin air. And then the next page, when she's trying to hold off Raphael, it's just back instantly. 
Yeah. How that, did these that's work? The thing. They're clearly not like actual like clothing items that they take off. They just vaporize into air. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, that's normal. They do that. How does that when protect they want to them talk? then? It's it's magic. It's like a, it's, it's like it's a magical illusion. It's not an actual helmet. It's a it's a helmet when it's phased in. It's it just phases away. Is that is that where they lose you with the disappearing helmets? I mean, all their yeah. clothes phased in when they shouted the name of their dinosaur. I mean, that's that's how it works. The Voltron characters they actually wear legitimate helmets and costumes. Those are not pilot like these, suits, not like these bullshit costumes. No, those are pilot suits. These are battle suits. Magic battle suits. It's totally different. The poor man's Voltron. Uh, I don't know, man. Did you see that? Uh, what the fuck do they call it? That uh, turtle Zord. That was pretty cool. I sure did. Yeah. They had a turtle Zord. This this book is pretty awesome. A lot going on here. I have to say, the uh, the illustration on Vernon in this book... Holy shit, they made him like a, a hunky beefcake. The illustration uh, on the who? cameraman for News Channel oh, 6. Oh, okay, okay, got it. Yeah, sure. Why wouldn't you? Because he was always kind of like a, a dweeby old man. He's been hitting the gym. I guess, yeah. Yeah. The other thing also is Shredder is working with uh, Rita Repulsa, you know, just for whatever, whatever fucking reason, they're helping each other out. And, uh, Rita makes Bebop and Rocksteady turn big so that you can use the Zords to fight him. That was pretty fun. But at the very end, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, basically. But then they just kind of, they never really trusted each other at all, uh, throughout this whole thing. But Rita and Shredder escape to dimension X at the end. And I'm kind of disappointed that we don't get to see any of that at all. Next volume. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I hope they come out with another volume. I-, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. So, I have some questions here. Okay. So, after, like, yeah, so Shredder, like, somehow steals the Green Ranger's coin, because that was Tyler's sacrifice to join the Foot Clan's, like, elite soldiers. So, he set him up, and then the Shredder becomes, like, the Green Ranger, which is cool, I suppose. It was cool. It was very yeah. cool. But, like, um... After he does that trick where it like zaps the aura of the kids who are the Power Rangers and they can't use their powers anymore. Yeah. And they give them to the Ninja Turtles. Like Casey Jones shows up to save the Power Rangers from the fight with the Shredder because the Ninja Turtles knew that there would be like way over their heads trying to take on Oroku Saki. So they send in Casey Jones for backup. So the very next panel, they're all like in the like space station thing with the like ooze guy and the robot. And they're like, well, the kids can't use these things. Let's go into the turtles and have them do it. And they pick April O'Neil, who's yeah. like always the damsel in distress, never trained whatsoever in any kind of fighting or martial arts or even like self-defense classes. They pick her to be the fifth Power Ranger member instead of Casey Jones, which just seems so fucking reckless and like how how you're just putting like your buddy in, in harm's way by doing that. Like even old man, like crippled old like rat splinter would have been a better option than April. I, I think they just picked April because it's the pink Power Ranger and they didn't want to be like gay or something. Casey Jones can rock pink. He could. Master Splinter, Splinter probably Splinter is, wears like a purple robe. 
Yeah, he's but pink you is too he's far. He's gonna give he a shit say, about what color it is. Yes, I think he would. He's 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 Fuck he's an no. old guy. He's a boomer rat. He he doesn't like gays. He doesn't give a shit. He wears he a doesn't purple like silk robe. He doesn't like cross dressing. He wears a silk purple robe for fuck's sake, dude. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't give it to Casey Jones though. I did have that thought as well. Like, oh, that's weird that April has that. Yeah, like yeah, make him wear like a this- pink suit and like wear wear the hockey mask over it. That'd be pretty cool. I would enjoy that. Instead of this known like vigilante yeah. who is like well versed in training, has fought against the forces of evil yeah. thousands of fucking times on his own and with the turtles, instead of going to that option, let's pick that girl who's always in trouble. Like, no, we need to let a girl be a hero so we can make more money. Girl power, yeah. Yeah, girl power. Empowerment. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I agree. So does the Green Ranger have his own Voltron as well? Like, yeah, Shredder, Shredder was got like his, it. or I mean, Shredder got his own like version of one. No, that's that's the Green Ranger's Zord. That wasn't his own version. He just stole it from the Green Ranger. That was the Dragon Zord. So the Green Ranger power is one by himself, and the rest of them have to Voltron it up. No, the rest of them can power them by themselves, but they just didn't do that in this book. The they they can drive their own dinosaurs and then then form the voltron the dragon zord can also attach itself to the top of the voltron if if they want to to become even more strong if the enemy is too strong it's kind of like the their blazing sword type thing so so that green thing was just it as like the basic version of it that's not it like powered up holy shit because that thing was bigger than the voltron monster by itself yeah i i know i don't think that it usually should be that i mean there's they're not really drawing at the correct scale for sure it should be a little smaller than the voltron and i i don't think it should be that strong that it could take all the other ones but there there you have it the one part of this that i really loved is uh Mm -hmm. in any of these like voltron team up character things it's always like the leader always has to sit in the fucking middle yeah, and you always have to assume that he's the one piloting the monster or the creation or the robot, whatever the fuck you call it. Yeah, and I like how in this one, like Michelangelo's like, "Hey, can we just pick our own colors?" And so Raphael picked the red one, and because the Power Ranger red guy is like the Power Ranger leader, that yeah. automatically put Raphael as the default middle seat, like uh, remote controller of the robot, instead of letting Donatella do it. <laughs> yeah, that was kind really. of funny. Like red sits here, you can't sit in the other seats. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you can't just trade seats, apparently. Yeah, that's the dumbest thing ever, but I love that they're calling it out. That was yeah. the best. They are very autistic about their assigned seating. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I was hoping they could just pick their pick like whatever color they want, so you can just so they can just pick their like mask color. Because at first, it's like, well, who the fuck's in what costume here? But I guess like you can kind of guess because they're becoming buddies with the color that they eventually wear, a lot of them. Like Donatello's wearing the Blue Rangers thing. They were nerding smart, out. Yeah, the yeah, smart one says the smart one. Yeah. Is, is the Black Ranger the comic relief in the show? Is he, as, is he as out there? I don't remember him being as much of a comic relief. He would do like... A, you know, like black guy 90s dancing um, all the time. But that's about all I can remember. I don't remember him being all that funny. 
So yeah, it was weird. He was on board with all those zany pizza toppings that Michelangelo loves. Jelly bean pizza. It's basically like milk steak. Yeah, he was much goofier than I remember him being. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's all the notes I had, actually. I think I touched on everything I wanted to. Do you have anything else? No. No? All right. I hope there's a sequel. I enjoyed it a lot. I think this was really good as far as crossovers go. It wasn't as bad as I was thinking it was going to be. Something else I kind of remembered here, and I forgot to check if this was a real thing, is I think that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles showed up in the Power Rangers show as well. And that just kind of occurred to me while I was what? reading it. Yeah. As like the animatronic like yes. movie character versions? Yeah, like the 90s one. I mean, you have to find this episode of that, and we're going to watch that yeah, one for I know. the show. <laughs> you got to watch that one. I will, I will sit through Power Rangers if it features the Ninja Turtles. All right, cool. Yeah, it looks like they met Power Rangers in space. Yeah. So they met the Space Power Rangers. Are the Space Power Rangers different from this Power Ranger cast? It's a different iteration, yeah. So they, like, they change up their Power Ranger things a lot. Yeah, I know there's like a thousand different variations of the team, but is that is the Rita Repulsa lady always the bad guy? Because that'd be awesome for that actress. She's got a lifetime job. Uh, I think that it changes sometimes, but she she's like in and out. There's another guy, like in the second iteration, called Lord Zed, who's like a inside out guy or something, and he was like the big bad guy. But then, like in the third season. Rita comes back and marries him. So now they're so then they're married and they're both bad guys together. It's very weird. But yeah, hmm. so she, in and out, I guess. Want to hear some reviews? Sure. Read some fucking reviews, you cuck. All right. This one's kind of long, but it's a uh, four stars, and the title is "Uneven Representation but Enjoyable." I'm not too knowledge about Ninja Turtles. I'm a Power Rangers fan first and foremost. I had hoped any unfamiliar elements of the Turtles would be explained in a way I could understand, and most of the time it did. The overall plot here is a bit cluttered. I haven't been following the ongoing Boom comic series, but thought this would be a standalone story. In some ways it is. In others, not so much. The representation is a bit uneven, focusing heavily on TMNT elements from across several incarnations, while the Rangers are exclusively the Boom MMPR, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and absolutely nothing else. I don't know why the character of Tyler, not the Dino Charge Tyler, dot dot dot, I think, so maybe there was a Tyler character. All right. I did. I, I only watched like the first couple iterations of Power Rangers, but it's been going ever since I was we, we we were children. It's been going since I was in grade school. I remember. Oh yeah. Everyone in like third grade loving that shit. And I hated it. Ah, what a nerd! Fuck that! It's the poor man's <laughs> Voltron. All right. Tyler is there. I assume he plays a part in the main Boom series. Rita and the Power Ranger villains are vastly overshadowed by Shredder and the uh, Karai. Oddly, Krang isn't present. I'd recommend this to Ninja Turtles fans and Power Rangers fans, especially if they're already fans of the comic. I enjoyed it, but it didn't impress me. One major disappointment was the complete lack of any reference 
at all to the Power Rangers in Space episode, Shellshocked, the first time the Rangers met an incarnation of the Turtles. So they got a quick mention there. So yeah, I think I think we should watch that for next week. That that'd probably be interesting. There's one more. This one is five stars. Great book. Awesome book to have collected. The paper they use on this was really nice, yo. That's it. So it's really nice paper. That's the entire review. Yeah, it's how just great like this paper says, it feels. Yo, this paper. <laughs> Okay, so so there you have it then. So that's Power Rangers. So early on in this one, they said it's like the 40, I think Trini or Trini, whatever her name is. Yeah, she Trini. Says it's like the 47th time that they've had to save the world. So does this crossover take place like super into, early on into the uh, comic book run? Do you know? I, like, do you I don't know. Do you have any idea what issue numbers these were in their in their series? No, it seemed like it was a separate thing. I don't know when it came out in relation to the comic book series. I don't. I don't know if it matters that much. Seems I. I don't agree with that guy. I do think this is a completely standalone story. I really don't think you need to know anything about the Power Rangers to enjoy it, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, I guess you would want to know something about one of them to care about it. Who's Ernie? I don't know. Who's Ernie? The Who, Black Ranger they... at one point in time tells Michelangelo he's gonna call. Or he's gonna tell his buddy Ernie to put I forget what the toppings are. I think it's like jelly beans, anchovies, and uh, butterscotch on a pizza and put it on the menu and call it the Michelangelo in his honor. Oh, who is Ernie? Ernie might have been like some dude who uh, is the uh, like cashier at the youth center that they like to hang out at. Maybe I that that would make sense, but that's where they would hang out. They didn't do the uh, piggyback ride move. I noticed. Like, no, it they didn't. immediately stop Shredder right then and there if they had tried it. They really should have honed their skills. Yeah, why didn't they piggyback with that, that turtle zord? That's all you have to oh, do. Yeah, we forgot to mention Metalhead makes a, a very rare appearance in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the, the turtle zord is. Yeah. They're like, oh, we, we grew it. <laughs> cool. All right. Anyway, speaking of uh, humanoid animals, let's move on to. Snagglepuss. Exit stage left. The Snagglepuss Chronicles. Holy shit. Yeah, so, this was. I was thinking I was this was going to be like a lighthearted little romp yeah. amongst like <laughs> cartoon characters from my youth that I yeah. grew up like watching before school and shit. This is a very heavy Holy story. Fuck. They're dropping if F slurs. <laughs> if you've crazy. ever wanted to catch up on 1950s homophobic slurs, this is the fucking comic <laughs> for you. Yeah, holy for real. shit this is the deepest thing i think i've ever read starring a pink cat cartoon yeah if you ever wanted to see quick draw mcgraw fuck huckleberry hound this is the book for you as well <laughs> why is everybody gay why are all these cartoon characters gay i thought that was very strange that they were just all gay <laughs> well i guess they're furries so maybe that makes sense maybe that's why and they live in like a Bojack Horseman world where there's like regular people, but also these anthropomorphic animals. But in this world, the the animal people don't wear pants at all. Whereas in Bo- Bojack Horseman, they're wearing pants. So that's like yeah. the only difference between this and Bojack Horseman is pants on the animal people. Yeah. And like there's a shot where it's uh Snagglepuss, Huckleberry and uh, Lila. Yeah. And they're all walking and like Lila's wearing a dress bottom. But the two yeah. guys are not wearing any kind of like pants or slacks or shorts or anything. 
So it's super weird and confusing because the women wear pants. Yeah, or they wear bottoms at least. I guess I guess if it's a woman, it's too weird, but with the guys you just well, don't no, draw a dick. You pants. just draw the Oh yeah, the hippo does wear pants. Oh fuck. Why is the hippo wearing it's pants? It's only if you're if, it's only if they're an outed character they don't have so to only, wear bottoms, I guess. Yeah, only only gay animal characters don't wear pants. Yeah, this 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 book was kind of long. I think that it's it's like a story that you've heard of before. It's like, oh yeah, the people don't like gay people. It's so hard for them. Basically, is what it is, and all the animal people are gay. I didn't realize that that was Quick Draw McGraw until like the very end of yeah, me the too. book when he like shows little cartoon for his cartoon series. I just kept putting him as horse in my notes. Like, yeah, so did I. I. I was calling him Horse Cup. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I had no idea. So, like, uh, Huckleberry Hound is like Snagglepuss's oldest friend, and they grew up together in Mississippi, and they haven't seen each other in a couple of years. Huckleberry is like a, a super famous novelist, and uh, Snagglepuss is a super famous playwright in New York. And it turns out Huckleberry comes to visit Snagglepuss and his wife Lila because... He was on the down low, fucking dudes on the side. Yeah. And a private investigator who was hired by his wife snapped photos and like caught him in the act and she blackmailed him. And so he had to leave his family behind. Yeah. And so and he's just like running in shame everywhere across the country. Like, yeah. Just and then to- he's like sitting in his apartment eating like microwave dinners and shit, like in his underwear. Well, in his like, in his undershirt. In, in no his pants and just undershirt that's dirty. Yeah. Yeah. The, still no pants. Yeah, and then he then he starts banging Quick Draw McGraw, who is a cop in this, and then Quick Draw McGraw calls him the F slur to impress his cop friends, oh. and then uh, and then he ends up well, killing no, himself. Right, so, it's crazy, man. Yeah, like yeah, Huckleberry Hound commits fucking that. suicide. Yeah, he hangs one. himself. Like, in this, this thing book. is infinitely heavier fuck? and deeper than anything I was ever picturing it to be. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like, I all it is, is every homophobic slur you could ever imagine could be used as a potential mm-hmm. homophobic slur from 1950s and like just Huckleberry Hound killing himself because the man he loved like couldn't like fess up and like admit to himself and like his co-workers who he was and he fucking <laughs> beats him to, almost to death and calls him a slur and then throws him in jail just to like impress his co-workers yeah. and then he takes all that like pain and fucking kills himself like holy shit this <laughs> thing was so dark and deep it really was did not expect that fuck but at least Nagelpuss did say heavens to murgatroyd early on so hooray yeah he says lots of cute things He's, he says like hot spaghetti look at the time sweet and, tits of billy yeah sweet tits that was a good one <laughs> uh sweet jesus diabetes i thought that one was that, pretty that was good Huckleberry. like that one that was oh really oh, okay yeah. well either way that's a that's a good one that's a that could be an episode title fucking obviously yeah i think that i but, think we got yeah, that sweet jesus diabetes is like snagglepuss is like known catchphrase from the old yogi bear cartoons so oh that's okay that one i see i thought it was the f slur well that's no quick i think McGraw. i think the f slur substitutes <laughs> they used are uh smooth boys sugarfoot uh what are the other slurs or Things that sound oh yeah squishy all right so uh don't get squishy with us boy I, I that squishy. sounds like an old timey like southern like racist slur for homophobics or yeah homophob- that's pretty good homosexuals oh man yeah this book Jesus. is pretty wild 
And what, what's what's going on with uh? So Snagglepuss is like recruiting Clint Eastwood or something. I, what the hell's going on with that? I don't get how that falls into all this. Why didn't Clint Eastwood say the F slur? I mean, if you're having Clint Eastwood in this, you know he's dropping a thousand like <laughs> yeah, racial, racial and homophobic slurs throughout. Why, why didn't he say any of the slurs? Why was Clint Eastwood in this? I have no idea. What the fuck Maybe was he's that? A big Yogi Bear cartoon fan. I guess it was very weird that he was in this. He's like trying to do Broadway, and they're like, "Oh, maybe you should do westerns." And he's like, "All right, F slur." <laughs> yep. Yeah. Gigi Allen was in this book, but not the cool Gigi Allen. That yeah, you want when, to be when in they there. name dropped Gigi Allen, yeah, I was I'm like, like oh, "What fuck. the fuck?" My ears perked up, and then it's like, no, they just—it's just someone with the same name. It's yeah. not Gigi Allen, which sucks. It's a I lady who works Allen. for like the State Department or something. Who's also a lesbian, I believe. She outs Huckleberry Hound, and that's why he kills himself. She does, but then... is on her hands. Oh, yeah. But then she's also banging a woman in this, right? They showed it's implied. that. Okay, yeah, so... Or wait, did they show everyone's it or was gay. it just implied? I, I think so. Well, they didn't show like the scissoring or anything, but they implied that she's a lesbian. Then they did all these like Cold War politics type thing. I had to skip all that. I'm like, I can't, I can't read all this shit. Yeah, I didn't I read that fuck. shit. Fuck that. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about this Cold War politics. We we gotta we gotta. It's like I gotta finish this. This is, this is taking too long. I can't deal with this. That's this is too heavy. This is too much. One of uh, Snagglepuss's like famous playwright uh, buddies is this dude named Arthur, and it turns out he's Marilyn Monroe's side piece that she's fucking behind Joe DiMaggio's back and so he asked Nagelpuss to like escort her to lunch with DiMaggio yeah. so that he doesn't have to face him because DiMaggio's threatening to legitimately murder a human being if he finds him in front of like this dude at a cafe, uh, cafe or a diner so we get Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe in this book for a little bit that's weird and cool I guess so the sports drop Okay. Take me out to the sports game. Take me out with the sports. Buy me some sports talk and cracker jack. I don't care if I never sports talk. All right, there you go. It's like the day after the hit streak ended, and DiMaggio is sitting in this diner with the uh, the waiter or whatever the fuck you call him. And he's telling him how, like, if he had extended his hit streak to 57 games, he would have uh, been on the cover of every single Heinz ketchup bottle for the rest of his life. Which is actually a good point, but I don't know if they would have thought of like PR marketing like that good back in like 1950s. No, probably not. Like today, that seems like the most obvious call ever. Yeah. But I don't know if they would have thought that up back then. No, people were stupid in the past. Yeah. Huckleberry, so Huckleberry keeps having like all these insanely like deep lines all throughout the book too. Yeah. Uh, what was the one? I actually wrote one down. I was like, holy shit. To live is to suffer for one's appetites, which coming yeah. from like a, a closeted gay man sounds like a super deep thing, but it also sounds like the kind of thing that like Jared from Subway probably used when he got arrested for <laughs> being a pedophile. Like yeah. it sounds like something that like a, a pedophile would try to like play off as like, Oh no, I don't do this by choice. I'm sick. Uh. 
I suffer for my appetites. Yeah, deviant. <laughs> yeah, very, very strangely deep book. I don't know why Snagglepuss is doing this. Why is Snagglepuss doing these things? Because, like, when we read that uh, Flintstones thing, they were still doing, like, Flintstones stuff. That's kind of what I was expecting. Like, I was expecting him to, like, maybe, like, drop an anvil on someone's hand and say, like, exit stage left. Oh, heavens the Murgatroyd. I'm Snagglepuss the cat. But no, <laughs> this is decent dark. It's like, no, I'm gay and sad. I can't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, it's seriously it's depressing. sad. <laughs> my, my best friend hung himself in this room. Jesus Christ, well, yeah. Your favorite cartoon character. One of my cartoon character heroes killed himself because (laughs) his his boyfriend didn't like couldn't face the fact that he was also gay and had to like beat him to death and like crazy slur him. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. So Snagglepuss is on trial. Yeah, they think he's a a secret like Russian spy or something during the Cold War or whatever. And so he's on trial and uh this uh, guy interviewing him says that critics have called his work a three martini subversion of American values and also pornography for PhDs. But neither of those those books sound like rave reviews to me. Neither one sounds yeah. like it's like some damning like negative press bits. Like I would kill for someone to say that about my work. Yeah, I hope someone says that about our podcast. Yeah, we are pornography for PhDs. Sweet. My fucking voice. Fuck yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, smart people jerking off right now. Yeah. Sweet Jesus Diabetes. Sweet Jesus Diabetes. Alright, do you have any more notes about this? I think that's all I got. Fucked up book. Yeah, that was that was the end of it. <laughs> uh I I mean it's I don't know if I'd recommend it. I th- it was a little long and boring and they're 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 kinda do well it's not boring, but there's a lot of parts that are boring. Like anything with Gigi Allen was boring as fuck, but the rest of it was pretty interesting. Gigi Allen should have been the most yeah. interesting character. I'm very disappointed about that. How dare you call her Gigi Allen? Yeah, there Allen. was no shit smeared at Come anyone. On. Yeah. Yeah. Zero she threw No drum. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I can't recommend, like, oh, dude, it just put me in such a funk. I feel so sad now after reading <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Like, it's like depressing. <laughs> yeah. Did not expect this this heavy of a book. All right, you want to hear some reviews? Sure. Read some fucking reviews, you cuck. All right, it did have a lot of uh, five star reviews, but I didn't bring them. There's too many. Uh, there, there's a lot of them, which was surprising. But there was one one star review, and it's overrated. This book was supposed to be such a modern classic. It is slow, boring, hard to understand, and a little creepy. I love DC Comics, but this is way overrated. I, and yeah, creepy, I guess, like that that uh, pelvic area with no dick, with no pants. I think that's kind of a weird thing to draw. That That's a little creepy. I could give him that. Like There was one page where, I think it was the same panel where it was uh, Lila wearing the dress or the skirt bottom next yeah. to Snagglepuss and Hook. And, like, they, the way they drew, the, like, their leg muscles and, yeah. like, calves is so, like, terrifyingly, like, <laughs> realistic and, like, creepy. That's horrific. Like, that was the one part that really, like, grossed me out. Yeah, I didn't want anyone to see me reading this. Like, Jesus Christ, what is this? So, well, at this point, just put pants on him. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at pants. 
I wouldn't have noticed if you had put pants on them. I would have been like, oh, that's not fucking Snagglepuss. He doesn't wear pants. <laughs> I would have been confused about who it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think his face kind of, the upper body looks like Snagglepuss, but the lower body is pants. Could be anyone. <laughs> Seriously. All right, one more. This is a international review from Brazil, and it's translated from Portuguese, so it might be weird. So it's two stars. Well, Mark Russell used the mountain lion to reveal the cruel world of homosexual persecution. It became heavy, dense, and uninteresting. Nothing to do with the theme, but with the fact that the main character does not look like the original, but rather a metaphor of some writer persecuted by the american government that's that's where it gets weird in the translation i'm not sure what they mean by that so i guess i guess it doesn't look like snagglepuss it looks like a writer who's persecuted for being gay yeah okay i guess it does make I guess. sense i don't know okay yeah all right cool there, there you have it i guess that one wasn't that great all right so there you go exit stage left let's exit stage left over to our next segment Fuck these comic book shows. All right. We watched Daybreak, the first episode on Netflix. What do you think of Daybreak? Shame on you for making me watch this shit. Really? Oh my God. This was the worst <laughs> thing we've ever watched for this segment ever. Really? Do you think so? Yeah. Okay. Why? Oh, easily. Why? Oh why? my what God. Did you hate it was about just it? so fucking stupid. All yeah, of it was it. very stupid. What was your favorite part? Matthew uh, Broderick. Oh, who who was he? Was he the principal? He's the principal. Okay, yeah. All right. And I think, like, the end of this episode, it leaves it like, oh, there's this big reveal of who this character is. Who, like, yeah, obviously, him. it's the and principal. I think that's Matthew Broderick somehow survived, and it's him. Yeah, but they didn't show us. I I um I watched the beginning of the next episode just to see if it was the principal. Did you do that? No, I immediately okay. turned this off, and we'll never go so back to it. They they did like a so they're they're doing this whole the main character is talking directly to the audience thing, like looking right into the camera he's, and being like, he's basically like just repeating all the tropes from Ferris Bueller's day off. Oh yeah. Right in the beginning, just calling his name. He's not answering. Yeah, exactly. But the, at the beginning of the second episode where, well, they, they had a big reveal, like, Oh, this, uh, this motorcycle guy who captures children to eat them apparently in the apocalypse he comes up, he takes off his helmet. They don't show us for like a cliffhanger. So I just went to see if, cause it's like uh, this principal character was like getting a lot of screen time. So it's like, well, it's gotta be him. Cause it's too big to be a kid. But then they, they take off his helmet and they don't show us the character in the beginning of the second episode. And he just tells us like, Oh, this is a, this is called like building suspense so that, you know, you, the audience will keep watching. He's like telling us directly that. And, then it then it just goes into a flashback and it's like all right i'm just gonna turn this off i don't care that much i'm not gonna fuck you you can't fool me i know it's a goddamn principle super obvious that's what they were trying to do is like get me to like be like oh i'm intrigued i need to see if yeah oh yeah but fuck no i'm never gonna watch this again no yeah probably not they call the the zombies ghoulies it's not a great name there's been better names name one walkers Fighters. What else do they call them? Just steal one of the ones that they use like one time in The Walking Dead and just use that. I don't think anyone would notice. Except Kirkman. But he enjoys copy-pasting things. 
Also, it was weird that they had that that like orange tint when they were outside. They always use that orange tint in movies when they're in Mexico. So it just feels like they're in Mexico the whole time and they're supposed to be in California. You can't use this orange tint. That's Mexico. I don't know what you mean by the orange tint. Every time, well, okay, it's like in Narcos, I assume. When they go into Mexico or any Latin America thing, there's like an orange tint over everything to make it look like Mexico. I, I don't know why. It's weird. But every movie does it. Any Anytime they go there, watch Breaking Bad does it. Oh. Yeah. They have a... I don't know. This this thing is really stupid. Now it feels stupid talking about it. But they they had like these the the groups uh, the sectors like you have in Watchdog Legion. There's like sectors of L.A. and they have one that was ruled by STEM punks, which I thought was steampunks at first, and I thought that'd be weird that they have steampunks in the apocalypse. But um, then it's but it's STEM, you know, like for math and science and shit. So it's probably just nerds. I mean, the one highlight I think was probably the golf team. Those guys seemed fun. Those guys are pretty cool. Yeah, the one guy said nothing is more important than boobs. That was pretty. That's pretty true. No truer words yeah. have been spoken. And uh, the main character punches one of the golf guys in the dick. That was another highlight. It's the most effective spot. It really is. And they had football hooligans in this, too, just like in Watch Dogs. Not the same kind, though. These were way weaker. Yeah. I kind of like their style, uh, though. Those shitty American football players. Yeah. I like their style, though. They're just like... Mad Max ripoff. Yeah, Mad Max stuff. That's that's the other thing that was so annoying to me. It was like the entire bad guy faction team. It was just the shittiest Mad Max knockoff. Yeah. Like, whoever came up with this show, like, just copied, pasted Mad Max and Ferris Bueller's Day Off to a way, 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 way worse result. Yeah. And Afro Samurai. Then they, then they mentioned nut allergies again, so that's, I guess, nut allergies are a real killer. You know, just in, in this and in the boys. You gotta watch out. Do you have a nut allergy? No. All right. Probably shouldn't admit it. Then people will know your weakness anyway. I have no weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. My weakness is that I try too hard. Except sugar. <laughs> I care too much. <laughs> I'm gonna, sugar, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put sugar on the end of my sword. <laughs> if we ever get in a sword fight. <laughs> you better. It's the only way you'll beat me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, and this the show is about like all the adults get turned into zombies, and all the kids don't for some reason. And I just wonder, like, at what at what age does that happen? Like, because he said, like, oh, this happened six months ago. So if you like turn eighteen, does that mean you turn into a zombie like on your birthday? I wonder. I think if you were under eighteen when the explosion hit, you're good. All right, that's how I assume it would work. I see. I can't prove that theory, though. I didn't watch enough episodes of this shit to see. You should have finished it. It's all on Netflix. I hope there's just an episode where, like, one of the group of... Because there's, like, a group of, like, three or four of them. Happy birthday. And they're trying to find the one kid's girlfriend in the mall. And I hope that the one uh, sidekick character, he's about to turn 18 in one episode. And it's just all of them, like, fearing for the worst. Getting ready to put him down. 
Yeah. Like as soon That'd as he awesome. blows out the candles, he just turns into a zombie. <laughs> and the zombies talk in this, which is weird. They just say like, you know, it's, it's just like, oh, consumerism. They just say that kind of shit. Like, oh, I need an iPhone or something. They're like, oh, they can only say the last stupid thing they were thinking. But when they got turned into it and they all just say stupid shit like that, like, oh, I want to buy this. I got to go to the sale. It's like, yeah, we all we all know that's what zombies are. It's like that. Supposed to reference the consumerism culture, but they're kind of like really throwing it in your face in this show. Anyway, okay. well, I don't have any more notes. How about you? I went on Wikipedia to read up about this thing after watching it. Yeah, it was canceled after the first season. Oh, okay. Well, makes sense. Yeah. So, bummer. Damn it. Now I'll never know. How much of it did you watch? Just a couple minutes of the second episode? Oh, yeah. Just a co- until they until they made How it clear that they were not going to show the guy's face. Um, I think I searched for TV shows based on comic books, and I found this. Oh. Yeah. I was thinking maybe it was like something like uh, Jake was super into. Oh, no. No, he is not. <laughs> Good for him, then. Yeah. All right. So next week, do you want to watch that Power Rangers in space meet Ninja Turtles? Sure. Cool. Let's do that. That should be shell shocked. Shell shocked. That's it. All right. So we'll do that. What do you want to read for next week? Man, I, I picked another one. Very similar to this cycle post, and I'm I'm really hoping I can't deal with another like downer of like cartoon characters I watched growing up killing themselves. All right, I picked the Jetsons. I I really hope the robot maid doesn't fucking off herself or like OD. No, she's or something she's horrible. a lesbian. Even in the future, they don't like lesbians. Yeah, George Jetson is gonna hang himself because he's overworked. He's tired of going to the office all day. Yeah, it'll be like like a Japanese businessman who like jumps off the roof of the building because they have to because uh, there's so much like work pressure and shit. Yeah, probably that'll be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm gonna bring in Quantum and Woody Earth's Last Choice. I don't know some book that I found on some website it just came out. Quantum and Woody. Hmm. Does it take place in space? I don't think so. It's like two underdogs, like underachieving foster brothers have to save the world. Oh shit, what's going to happen? Oh. It's like that. It's supposed to be stupid. I, I don't know. We'll see. It's, it might be cool or not, but I don't know. I had to pick something, right? I, I couldn't figure out what to pick th- this week. I just picked one. So join us next week for that. And follow me on the internet at Donnie Ohm. At to the God. Follow us at Giraffes HBT Pod on Facebook and Twitter, patreon.com slash giraffes have black tongues, and soundcloud.com slash DJ Von Mir. See you next week. Bye.
actually sad about that book, man. I just finished <laughs> it before we started recording this, too. Damn, it's not great. Jesus Christ, it was the darkest thing I've ever read. Yeah, that book is fucked. I've been up since, like, 3.30 in the morning or something. Why? Like, Why do you wake up at 3.30 in the morning if you work at, like, 6? Well, I, I get up at, like, 4.45, but I just woke up at 3 to take a piss, and or 3.30 or whatever, and I just couldn't go back to sleep, so I just been I was just, like, lying in bed. But yeah, so, just going to work that early. It's weird. Throwing Jeez. me off. I know. And uh, th- this blue collar stuff is weird because I saw this one guy in the break room during li- during my uh, lunch hour, and he was reheating McDonald's. And I just think that was very fascinating. Oh, <laughs> oh that doesn't sound good. Oh, <laughs> it was the weirdest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> And like people who work in warehouses, like only talk about the Browns really, really loud. That's like all anyone ever talks about is the Browns. They're just like they'll ask me, like, how are those? How are them Browns? And I'm like, yeah, they're doing good. Like you, you asked the right guy. I'm the sports expert on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you really came You're to the podcast right guy. Go to sports reporter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You really came to the right guy with this this topic. Wait till you hear that's, my... That's as blue collar as it gets, man. You're working in a warehouse talking f- shitty football. Yeah. The, the less good football. Yeah. American football. I'm like, yo, you guys watch football, that Liverpool? Yeah. Man, you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> We're some football hooligans over here. Starting riots. Heck yeah. <laughs> Stabbings. Yeah. If American football wants to be, like, revered as being tough and cool and shit, there need to be way more stabbings at games. Yeah, there do. That's the only way I'll ever be, maybe, consider going back to it. They set cars on fire sometimes. That's pretty cool. They do that at real football riots. Yeah, they they do do that that way more frequently. Yeah, I think so. Doesn't that happen in Ohio State whenever they play Michigan, they'll set a car on oh, fire regardless of who like wins or sometimes loses. Sometimes after like a, a team wins the championship, they'll have like those big like riots where yeah. they do a lot of damage. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, that's cool. They did that in Cleveland when the Cavs won, right? Yeah, that's not football. No, that's basketball. Oh yeah, Snagglepuss also called Joe DiMaggio a famous basketball player. He didn't even know that he's a baseball player. Oh, what he's a asshole. sports expert. Yeah. Snagglepuss is an expert on sports. They kept calling him SP, too. Yeah, Mr. Puss as well, which was weird. His real name is Scotty Puss. <laughs> I forgot about that. Really? I didn't know that, but I forgot about that. You mentioned <laughs> that. Because like, he goes to that retirement center to visit the old man. It's his dad who doesn't realize that it's his son, because I guess he has dementia or Alzheimer's or something. And like, he finally passes away. And uh, the lady, the nurse at the uh, retirement center, is like, oh, would you like this, Mr. Snagglepuss? And he's like, it's Scotty Puss. That was my birth name or whatever. Cool. Scotty Puss. What up, Mr. Puss? I just like how they call him Mr. Puss. It's fun. 
Yeah, I didn't realize Snaggle was the first name, Puss was the second. I thought Snagglepuss was all one name. Yeah, I did too. I mean, they spell it like it's all one name, so I don't know what they're trying to what they're trying to pull here. Man, that that TV dinner that uh, Huckleberry Hound was eating though, it did look fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was fried chicken and like vegetables, like mixed greens, and then there was like a peach cobbler turnip turnover thing, which I don't care for that, but that fried chicken looked awesome. Oh yeah, it's good looking chicken. They had that one scene when Quick Draw like goes to apologize to Snagglepuss, where he's like, "Yeah, a couple years later, I got busted," and it's a picture of him facing a man who's like sitting on his lap in his car, fucking him, and like he's like, "Yeah, I got kicked off the force anyway." But like, what was that? We talked about some video a couple like a month or two ago. Like some, Mr. Like Hands. some dude fucking a horse and he like Mr. dies Hands. from it. So, yeah. so is that like is that are they spoofing Mr. Hands in that panel? <laughs> is that what that was supposed to be? I don't know. I mean, do, do they spoof Mr. Hands whenever Bojack Horseman bangs someone? He's banging ladies, not that's men. true. That's different. So no one dies. Yeah, it's like that's true. So yeah, I think they are spoofing that. That is Mr. Hands. 